It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first ever podcast of Catalyst Teen Center. In studio, I have to my left... The one and only Zachary David Tinney, who is our uh, program director. I got it right this time. Yes. All right. Welcome. Glad to have (laughs) you. And that laughing in the background is Caitlin McCoy, aspiring musician and uh, key architect behind our up and rising Catalyst Studios. Open mic night queen. Open mic night queen. That's right. And myself, Joe Elliott, executive director of Catalyst Teen Center. So, We're here to talk to you in a very short period of time and discuss really amongst ourselves. We're going to let you listen into our raw discussion. All we can promise you is we like to have fun. We're real. It's not going to be kosher. So if you hear a F-bomb in the first five minutes, you might have to... edit that out. We will. No, we're not going to edit that out. (laughs) My mom is listening, Joe. Oh, we are. That is right. Because it's really just our moms that are going to be listening to this first podcast anyway. So who cares? Um, Here's what we're talking about. Why don't millennials go to your church? And I know this is a topic that has been talked about in a lot of different ways. We've been talking about it for years. And uh, and so we want to just share our two cents on it, being an organization that's really trying to reach out to the next generation, um, not just teens, but young adults, that, that you know, 12 to 35 crowd. And, and uh, for those of you who work in the nonprofit world, church, wherever you are, uh, even for large corporations, you know that there's not a whole lot of difference between a 12 and a 35-year-old. So what? let's start with this. What, what are some of the statistics or the things that we have seen being individuals on the front lines that has really scared us? Or, or we've taken a step back and we said, wow, man, that's, that's a reality. This is happening. Like what... For, for those people living under a rock, catch us up. This millennial crowd, 18 to 35, they're not engaged in church. Why? I don't know. I think it's crazy just to look at the term millennial itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're saying from 1980 until now, that is the millennials. And that's a big age gap. Mm-hmm. So you think about, you know, this is parents and their kids now. Mm-hmm. All kinds of people, all kinds of values, all kinds of different people. Hmm. Why aren't they in the church? What? Good question. Good question. Caitlin, you had some stats that you were you were burning to share with us because they impacted you so deeply. And now we can't remember any of them. No, that's not true. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I think it's crazy to think that 52% of our the millennial generation have left due to religion or ethics or politics. And I think you see that really big in today's society when you think of just the stuff that's going on with homosexuality in the church you see the stuff that's going on between um teenagers like the black community and the church and government like it's crazy and then to think of that it gets even bigger it's 58 percent of the people are leaving the church because of the church itself or because of the pastor because they've been hurt they've been burned and you hear that in stories all around people will have a story of how the church has hurt them or hurt someone that they love or hurt an organization that they're a part of and so that's really big and it affects our community more than we realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think we have to build the problem up too big. We, You can walk into any church in America and recognize 
there's a demographic missing here. And, and statistically speaking, 85% of this millennial generation, this 12 to uh, 35 crowd, is not attending church. And, uh, and that's, that's a big problem. Um, so, so what we really want to talk about are some of the ways that Catalyst Teen Center, and, and based on our experiences, what we've done to see a shift in that, a, a turnaround in that. And, um, and it's, it's, been, it's been a long process. But what, uh, what are some of the things that, that you guys are seeing that is working on the front lines? Yeah, so crazy enough, this morning I was working the welcome team at our church. And so I'm standing up there doing my churchly thing. And right outside the front windows of the church, I see these two kids with a zip-up hoodie. And on the outside of the hoodie is a skeleton imprint. And as they zip it up, it's actually like a bird skeleton face. And they were there just to scare old people, peering in the window. <laughs> I'd say that's brilliant. That is brilliant. I, I, they can, want my heart. Can we hire them for next week? Yeah. I think that's brilliant. So so what did you do? Swat them oh away? And so, I mean, typically our approach would be we're going to run these kids off, these yeah. punk kids. Hell yeah. But no, instead, you go out there and you start conversations. I think if we want to impact this next generation and actually get them inside of our church doors, we have to engage them where they're at. But didn't you tell me these church kids, were, they were, weren't they like three years old, these kids? So... They look like little, they were fourth graders. They were fourth graders. They were fourth graders. Their parents were asleep. They'd wandered across the street from their empty apartment complex and they were just looking for something to do. At, at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. They walked yeah. into a 10 church. 10 years old. No, they, they wouldn't come into the church. Okay. And our church, it's like a giant warehouse if you haven't seen it. It doesn't look like a church. They didn't even know what they were stepping into. But I went outside and I engaged them and I invited them in for some tea and lemonade. And I guess... Their parents didn't teach them that whole stranger danger thing because they took me up on it. <laughs> and we hung out the rest of service. It's yeah. your new gauges. They just felt comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relatable <laughs> now. Yeah. Parents hate them. Kids love them. But I think you're hitting on one of the, the key things that we have to understand is in, in, in order to, if you're in an organization, uh, you know, you, you could be a nonprofit, you could even be a business, but you recognize I'm missing young people. Well, do you have an environment that really is is geared toward them and for them. And there's a lot of great talks out there on how you shape and make that environment. But one of the key things that's missing is an intentional strategy to engage this crowd in areas where they want to be engaged. I mean, business is doing that all yeah. over the place. You look at marketing money, mm -hmm. millions of dollars poured into this next generation. Mm -hmm. They're raising a generation of consumers. Why doesn't the church target them? Yeah, totally, totally. Caitlin, I know you grew up in church. I'm throwing. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. All right. Okay, <laughs> you you grew up in church. You had you had a heart for God from a young age, mm -hmm. but you also have a lot of friends that have, uh, you know, and you know, roommates over the years. People that have said, you know what, that's great. That's not my experience. Church isn't for me. Where do you feel like they weren't engaged where you were? Uh, the friends that I that were not a part of the church, yeah. um, I think the part that they weren't engaged with was just their their passions and what they what they desired. And the big thing that I saw is when you see teens that come into the church, and I saw this a lot in the youth group I grew up in, is that you want them to come in and you want you want them to meet you where you were at. Mm -hmm. But teens don't work that way. Kids don't work that way. You have to meet them where they are at. Yeah, young adults don't work that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Totally, no. And that's why you see so many young adults who can barely get to work on time. But I think, though, teenagers just want to be met with that. They want to be heard. And they want people to ask them what interests them, what like them. And I think a big part of the gap that I saw in my friends, and even in myself for a little while while I was growing up, is just that 
I didn't know that my passions could be used towards the church or could be used towards God or that God even cared or that people in the church cared about the things that I wanted to do. And so that was that's the biggest part that I feel like there's a gap in when it comes to a younger generation versus the older generation is that one, they want to be heard and they want to see their passions being able to go to a place where God can use them. But instead, and then they don't get in the church, then you see them go to the world and the world says, you have passions, you, you're good at this, you're good at that, we'll take it, we'll take it, here you go. Mm-hmm. And the church, you don't see the church responding that way. I think that's an excellent point. And, and and I would say that it's not just that their gifts and passions can be used for God. Let's just take it down a notch. Their gifts and passions can be used to make a difference in the world, period. Yeah. Now, now, coming at this from a church perspective, we know ultimately that would be ideally to serve the kingdom of God. But you got to start where they're at. And they're not thinking, how can I use my gifts and passions to serve the church? They're thinking... Who am I? Why am I here? What am I good at? What's my place in this world? And if the church doesn't have an answer to that question, that isn't scripture or Jesus or some phrase or terminology that we've heard a thousand times, even though it's the right answer, Mm -hmm. it's not going to matter. And I would say to anyone listening that's over the age of 25, you're in any sort of leadership position, you got to put yourself back in your teenage shoes and remember one thing. The only thing that's really on your mind is you. And you're thinking about yourself and especially today with social media, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. The statistics show this is one of the most, if not the most, narcissistic generation in history. Mm -hmm. So if you want to engage that crowd, you're going to have to start there. They're thinking about themselves. And let's, that's great. That's a great place to start because you know what? As, As Christians, as church leaders, we have a great answer to who they are and why they're here. And we can communicate it in a way that really speaks to them if we're intentional about it. Zach, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think saying the right thing in the wrong way can be really, really harmful. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes through our doors and we care about them for a little bit, but then they don't convert, Mm -hmm. and then we just let them go, then that does so much harm to them and their impression of the church and Jesus and who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. We have to care more about them than actually converting them. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, a lot, and I, I think a lot of church leaders, especially ones I've talked to, feel like they really are authentically connecting with, you know, young people and doing it well. They're still not seeing them stick. And, um, and, and they're wondering why. And, and I would say that, that there, there can be a, a, a realness and authenticity to the way you relate to a person, but that has to be coupled with, you have something to offer them that meets a real need. And in from the church perspective, we're saying, well, we have Jesus. That meets all the needs. But yes and no, because it, although we know that it does, for the, for the kid who's at home, whose parent, his father has just walked out, parents going through a divorce, just broke up with their girlfriend, not doing well in school, experienced some bullying for the first time, Having them hear Jesus is the answer does not help bring their dad back, not get bullied, all those kind of things. Those problems are still real. So the question is, what are we doing about it? Now, just some ideas real real quick to throw out there. Um, a catalyst, what we've done that we found effective is sp- starting with our Academy of Awesome, which are our free classes. So one of the things that we've seen is that by offering things like free guitar lessons, free MMA class, we've got an MMA instructor that's coming and giving free lessons. So we also have this uh, volunteer who runs a daycare center, and 
And what she was able to offer and bring to, to Catalyst is her ability to do a, a babysitting certification class, which is really drawn teens in. You know, we're saying to the teens in the community, hey, you're going to get jobs babysitting this summer. Why don't you come get certified through us first? And that's, and that's been awesome. And now we can use uh, that kind of creativity to build relationships, to get them engaged and, and, and start, start a dialogue. But it's meeting needs and all that kind of stuff. Now, the second half of this, and we can go on, we can do a whole podcast on nothing but engaging. But we want to talk about where the engaging leads, if it's intentional enough, which is to the empowerment piece. And I know, Caitlin, you had some thoughts on the empowerment piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think engaging is definitely the place it starts, but it's definitely not where it ends. And that's where a lot of people, I think, miss it. And so I think, I feel like for the older generation, helping the younger generation, millennials, teens, whatever it is, young adults, it's empowering them. It's once you figure out and you engage with them what they like and what they're interested in, give them a place where they can start doing it. And I feel like the biggest way, like we've seen with Catalyst Teen Center, is we have kids who come to these guitar classes, they realize they have a passion for music or guitar, or next thing you know, it leads into a passion of worship leading. Now all of a sudden, we know what they like, we know what they want to do, we have an idea of where we feel like God wants to use them. Now we can plug them into maybe like a catalyst worship band or a catalyst band where they go and they play at different venues. So now you're getting them in, you're engaging them, you're empowering them, but you're giving them a place to belong. And that's where I feel like is the biggest piece that's so important about empowering young leaders is they feel like they have a place to call home. They belong. They know that this is safe. No matter where else, if anything else fails, they can all come here. This is a safe place for them. And so it's putting them in a position where they can own it. And I think ownership is such a big thing. I feel like the older generations are so afraid to put a younger person into a leadership position, but that's they really shouldn't be because if you have the right um, if you have the right accountability and you have the right steps and procedures and you're coming alongside them with mentorship, man, they're going to bloom and they're going to blossom because you're stepping side, you're walking beside them every step of the way. And so I feel like that's the biggest way of when you get, once you get that engaging piece, I mean, you got to empower them, put them into a position, into a role that they can say, yeah, this is what I'm doing and I'm owning it. And now you can take them to so many different places from there once you reach that first piece. Isn't that crazy? Like the idea of empowering them and walking alongside them like it it almost sounds like discipleship that's crazy right well hold on this is starting to sound biblical what's up with this <laughs> and so why doesn't the church do that why are we scared yeah. to get in the mess with people and walk alongside them well we get traditionally in a church setting we're saying we want we want our leaders no matter what level they serve in to be at a certain level in their faith right and when you look at the young generation they're nowhere near that level and and so that's what scares us because when they start when we start giving them room to actually use their gifts in a meaningful way to them, yeah. it's messy. They mess up. They're dropping F-bombs. They're doing all kinds of stuff, and it's causing problems. But, man, if I look back in Scripture, and I, I kind of see the disciples kind of made some they it's made, Yeah, they screwed up a lot. They made some issues for Jesus. And Jesus was okay with that mess. He was able to navigate through it. And and wherever you're, whatever kind of organization you lead— if you want millennials engaged, you have to you, the on ramp has to be has to be quick. You have to give them something using their gifts and passions that they can do that's meaningful and it's going to be messy for you. If you're not willing to take those risks, 
you're not ever going to be an organization that draws this next generation. And it doesn't have yeah. to be big either. It can mm-hmm. be something small. Like we're not asking, you know, you're not going to put them into a pastoral position in front of an entire congregation. It could be something small, something entry level, where you all of a sudden if they do mess up, they have the grace and the area and the room to learn and to grow versus, you know, setting them up for failure by putting them in a big title position. So it doesn't even have to be big. It can mm-hmm. be small things. I agree. So final thoughts on this. Um, what do you think are, if, if we're, if we're saying to, to those listening, if you're looking to engage millennials, you must fill in the blank. I think the first thing you have to do is you can't look at the millennials and then compare them to yourself because this is the most diverse generation that I think people are seeing from like the baby boomers and so on. This is the most diverse, one of the smartest generations, but you also have to look at it as we have our, we have our flaws too. And so you have to accept the generation where it's at, accept the things and the mess that we're involved in, but then you also have to pull out the passions and pull out the good stuff that is there. Um, and look past us and not compare us to where y'all are at. That's good. Zach, you got a must? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it really is to truly love and care in an authentic way. Right now, the millennials are scared of church. They have an idea of what it's looking like, like we're going to be judged when we walk in the doors. Mm -hmm. And truth is, we are different. I have a beard, my ears are gauged, I look a little scary to the old folk world. (laughs) But if you truly sit down with me and you listen to my heart, you'll find out that I, I do love Jesus and I want to ask the big questions. And I promise if you sit down with these kids as messy as they are and you walk through these big questions, you're not scared of these big questions in a real authentic way, that they'll listen to you, they'll respond to that, and you'll see God move. You'll see the fruit of your work. And I would say this, that if you are serious about engaging millennials, you must be prepared to not see a return on an investment for years. Yeah. I mean years. At minimum, I would say five years. And and that's difficult because in church, these aren't tithers. They are, they're going to make the, li- the life of your organization harder, not easier to begin with. And But if you stay invested, if you stay the course... If you create a culture that's about raising up leaders, these young raw leaders, it will pay dividends for you, but not anytime soon. So you have to be willing to stay the course. I want to thank you guys for listening to uh, this podcast. If you'd like to continue this discussion with us, any way, shape, or form, feel free to comment, email us. We'd love to. Uh, we love to talk. We love to consult. We love to come in and hear about what your challenges are and talk with you more one on one. Until next time, this is the Catalyst Collective signing off. Peace. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.